This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, November 16th. I'm Kate Trinko. And I'm Doug Blair. Nike, Coca-Cola, and American Airlines are just a few of the companies targeted by Consumers Research over their woke business practices. Consumers Research is an educational organization seeking to highlight issues concerning to consumers, and it now has a new target, American investment firm BlackRock and their ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Executive Director of Consumers Research Will Hill joins the show to talk about their new campaign targeting BlackRock and discuss other woke businesses. But before we get to Doug's conversation with Will, let's hit the top news stories of the day. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon surrendered himself to law enforcement Monday. Bannon is facing two charges of contempt of Congress after a grand jury indictment Friday. The charges are over his refusal to cooperate with the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Bannon would neither turn over the documents requested by the committee, nor would he appear for a deposition. The January 6 committee is composed of seven Democrats and two Republicans, Representatives Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. Earlier this year, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi rejected House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's pick of Representative Jim Banks of Indiana and Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, leading McCarthy to ask all five Republicans he'd asked to join the committee to quit. According to the Justice Department, charges for contempt of Congress could result in 30 days to a year in jail and fines ranging from $100 to $100,000. The Senate's longest-serving member, Democrat Patrick Leahy from Vermont, announced Monday he would not seek re-election in 2022, putting an end to his nearly 50-year career. Here's Leahy announcing his retirement via C-SPAN. Marcel... And I have reached the conclusion that it's time to put down the gavel. It is time to pass the torch to the next Vermonter who'll carry on this work for our great state. It's time to come home. Leahy, who is 81 years old, has served in the Senate since 1975 and will finish his eighth term in 2022. Commenters from both sides of the aisle weighed in to wish Leahy a nice retirement. Vermont's Republican Governor Phil Scott tweeted, Senator Leahy has committed his life to serving the people of Vermont, and he will be missed as one of our voices in Washington. He has made immeasurable contributions to our state and nation, and nobody is more deserving of a long and happy retirement than the Senator and Marcel. Vermont's sole congressman, Democrat Peter Welch, said in a Monday statement, No one has served Vermont so faithfully, so constantly, so honestly, and so fiercely as Patrick. As the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, the Wisconsin teenager facing charges over killing two men during the riots in Kenosha last year continues, Judge Bruce Schroeder opted to dismiss one misdemeanor charge. Via Fox News, this is the dialogue between Schroeder and the prosecutor. If the barrel length is less than 16 inches or an overall length less than 26 inches, then I'll deny the motion. If it does not meet those specifications, then this most uh, defense motion will be granted. We are not disputing 
that the barrel that the barrel length is appropriate. Isn't legal. It is not a short barreled shotgun or a short barreled rifle. Yes. Either by barrel or by overall length. Correct. All right, and then count uh, six is dismissed. The specific charge was that Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time of the shootings, possessed a dangerous weapon as a minor. Austria has enacted a strict new lockdown policy. The catch? It only applies to the unvaccinated. The Austrian government announced Sunday that anyone 12 or older who had not been vaccinated or recovered from a previous COVID infection was forbidden to leave their home, except to buy groceries, get health care, or travel to school or work. The government said that the measures were temporary, but did not give an end date to the restrictions. During a Sunday news conference, Austrian Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg told a crowd of reporters, Our task as the federal government is to protect the people of Austria. We are fulfilling this responsibility. In a separate interview with Austrian radio station O1, reported on by the Associated Press, Schallenberg admitted that his aim was to force vaccinations. Schallenberg said, My aim is very clearly to get the unvaccinated to get themselves vaccinated and not to lock down the vaccinated. In the long term, the way out of this vicious circle we are in is only vaccination. Austria has one of the lowest rates of vaccination in Western Europe, with 65% of the population vaccinated against COVID. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Executive Director of Consumers Research, Will Hild, as we discuss his company's new ad campaign highlighting investment firm BlackRock's ties to the Chinese Communist Party, as well as other businesses participating in woke capitalism. Do you have an interest in public policy? Do you want to hear lectures from some of the biggest names in American politics? The Heritage Foundation hosts webinars called Heritage Events Live. These events are free and open to the public. To find the latest Heritage events and to register, visit heritage.org events. Our guest today is Will Hild, Executive Director of Consumers Research, an educational organization seeking to highlight issues concerning to consumers. Will, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Your organization, Consumers Research, is uh, in the process of launching a campaign about U.S. investment firm BlackRock and their connections to the Chinese Communist Party. So what do you want us to know specifically about this relationship? Absolutely. Two things, namely that BlackRock is taking American investment dollars and they're funneling them into uh, companies uh, controlled by the Communist Party in many cases. Um, and they, as many people know, China has become our greatest geopolitical adversary. At the same time that they are funding investments for Chinese companies, sometimes Chinese companies that are being used to oppress the Chinese people, they're hamstringing U.S. corporations here in the United States, bullying them, trying to get them to divest of, in, in some cases, uh, their main product, oil and gas. Uh, in other cases, just uh, you know, getting involved in bean counting around race and gender board diversity quotas, that kind of thing. So they are, at the same time that they're advantaging foreign corporations, namely Chinese corporations that we're competing with, they're hamstringing U.S. corporations here at home. And why should this matter then? Why You mentioned that some of the corporations here are being, you know, hamstrung and Americans here are being hamstrung. But like what about this relationship to the Chinese Communist Party should concern Americans? Absolutely. Well, let me take a step back just to say Consumers Research is the nation's oldest consumer protection organization. We, we try to protect and educate consumers in, in all ways. 
And there's actually twofold problems here for U.S. consumers. One is that uh, the uh, – I'd say – let me start with the most important one. All of this – the effect of all these things that, that BlackRock is doing to U.S. corporations, um, trying to get them to divest of oil and gas, uh, trying to distract them from their business model and focus on, you know, like I said, bean counting on race and gender – it's going to drive up the price and, qual- and drive down the quality of the goods that these companies are pr- producing. Let me give, ex- like give you a specific example. BlackRock was just instrumental in getting elected two, excuse me, three activist board members to Exxon's uh, board. Mm. Uh, those directors' stated purpose is to get Exxon to focus on meeting the Paris Accord Agreement uh, targets, which would effectively get them out of the oil and gas business within you know, the next few years. Well, this is at a time, obviously, when we're seeing energy prices skyrocket in an unprecedented mm-hmm. way. The American consumer is already having to tighten their budget because of, of, of inflation. And this is only going to make things worse. Energy is a, is a cost of, of production for all, pretty much every good or service. And so if the price of oil and gas goes up because of lack of exploration or recovery, uh, we're going to see prices go up across the board. And so that's number one. We'd like BlackRock to cut that out because we think it's really bad for the American consumer. Mm-hmm. But number two... Uh, often we have American consumers are also American investors. Uh, mm. That's why they call them retail investors, right? Mm. And we thought that they needed to know how their money was being used in, in ways against their own interests, as I, as I just noted. Uh, their, their money as investors was being used against their interests as consumers, but also as Americans. Mm. Um, we're obviously in, locked in sort of a frenemy situation with China that's growing in its bellicosity, mm. and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to uh, slow down anytime soon, and the Chinese seem seem bent on making sure that's the case. So we don't think it's wise at a, to- a time like this that, Amer- that uh, American dollars, investment dollars, BlackRock would be taking those and betting on China at the same time they're, they're hamstringing U.S. corporations. Now, we do have that ad, and we're going to actually play it right now for our listeners. BlackRock, the biggest American money manager. Where are they investing your money? China, pouring in billions, propping up Chinese communist leaders, putting money into surveillance companies used by the Chinese military. Even left-wing billionaire George Soros knows BlackRock is harming U.S. national security. CEO Larry Fink loves to tell Americans how to live, but he negotiated against America, sucking up to China. BlackRock, taking your money Betting on China. Having heard the ad, who are you targeting with the campaign? Is it specifically BlackRock? Is it the consumers? Is it both? Sort of. That's what, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great question. There's again two two uh, intentions here with the ad. One is to send a message to BlackRock that we're paying attention. They're being named and shamed. Mm. BlackRock is a company that most Americans have never heard of, and we didn't want them to get away with what they were doing because of their obscurity. In other words, because of the, how little known they were, yeah. they were sort of getting away with virtue signaling on Wall Street here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and yet playing cozying up to one of the most authoritarian regimes, you know, Ewan would say, uh, worst human rights abuser uh, in the world. The second one is to educate consumers so that they know what's going on, how their money's being used. And uh, there's a number of different states that have pension dollars that are being managed uh, by BlackRock. So in some cases, you may have uh, citizens of states whose own pension money is being invested in China in risky investments. Mm. And then here, it's being used against their interests as consumers. Mm. So they're being double ripped off by BlackRock. And so we just thought it was very important that consumers be aware of this because up till now, it's sort of been an inside secret in Wall Street. And the average American needs to know that. It's a dual 
dual-pronged approach. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm curious as to how you became and your organization became aware of the dealings between BlackRock and China. What was the process like to get that information? Right. Well, let me take a, a quick step back. We launched the Consumers First Initiative, which is aimed at telling woke corporations to stop cozying up to woke politicians and focus on their consumers. We, we launched that in, in uh, June. And in the lead up to that campaign, we really, you know, we spent over a year just really digging in mm. to the ecosystem, what was happening, why, the, why, why did we see so many weird things going on in corporate America? What were the incentives? Um, and we kept coming back to this one company that mm. seems to be pushing this, and the one CEO, Larry Fink, who was mentioned in the ad, of course. And we looked at what they were doing, and lo and behold, just like some of the American corporations here that are going woke in order to cozy up to woke politicians and, and namely distract from the bad things they're doing, the failures, their misdeeds, their mistreatments of their customers uh, in cases like American and Coca-Cola and Nike, sure enough— BlackRock is doing the same thing. Here in America, they're virtue signaling. They're talking about all the things they're going to make American corporations do. They're, you know, they, they say are great things. But you look at their dealings in China. Mm. They're investing in companies like iFlyTech and Hikvision. These are two surveillance companies that have actually been blacklisted by the American government. Is it legal for U.S. Uh, persons to trade with these companies? Because they are surveillance companies being used to, to oppress mm. uh, the Chinese uh, people on behalf of the Communist Party. And yet BlackRock actually increased their investment in these companies after they were blacklisted. So you have, at the same time, like I said, they're virtue signaling here. They're out in, in China cozying up to one of those authoritarian mm. regimes in world history. So the campaign has been out for a little bit now. And have you received any responses to it? Are people resonating with it? How is it going? Well, we've just been floored by the overwhelming feedback we've gotten. People there seems to be a real reservoir of anger uh, at this type of action. We've received thousands and thousands of emails and support from across the country and really from across the political divide. Um, the people, uh, you know, some people would like to say this is a political action. We actually think it's the opposite. Mm. We've gotten feedback from people left, right, middle, up, down. No matter who you are in America, no American consumer likes to be preached at by the company that supposedly works for them, producing the goods and services them. They don't want to be told, you know, what to think or how to think or how to talk about politics. And so we've just really been been floored. Now, some of the companies have come back, you know, uh, fr on Friday, uh, BlackRock responded. Um, uh, I, they attacked us. Uh, I, I will note they didn't deny a single uh, uh, <laughs> fact in the ad. They can't. None of it, uh, all of it's been cited by uh, uh, very reputable uh, mainstream media stories. So they completely ignore that and just go ad hominem uh, against us. And I think that, to me, is the most telling thing, that they, they couldn't quibble about a single fact that we, we allege. It was more that they were just, you know, hey, why did you expose this, this right. information? Well, basically, they said, I don't care about the issues that they care about. And they're right. I don't care about, you know, growing their profits and aggrandizing their power at the cost of the American consumer. So given that this is getting results, it seems like you've you've gotten people engaged, you've gotten people responding to this ad campaign relatively positively. BlackRock themselves came out and, and gave a response to it. What would be the successful resolution to this campaign? What would you like to see? Well, there's a lot of different options there depending on who you're talking about. Obviously, in a perfect world, I'd like to see BlackRock cut it out. I'd like to see them focus on providing uh, good investment management uh, advice and and uh, and services to their clientele that doesn't involve cozying up to an authoritarian uh, human rights violating regime and doesn't put this country at a disadvantage long term against that regime as we compete and doesn't drive up costs for consumers, some of the very consumers that they whose money they're investing. Right. So that would be namely number one to get, obviously, <laughs> them to just stop being 
being villainous. Uh, but uh, short of that, I would like the American people to really understand what's going on. To uh, I think there's a lot of growing frustration. You see these, um, you see some of the results of BlackRock's activities, and don't mm-hmm. know who to like. Where's this coming from? Why? Why? You know, why is there less oil and gas exploration driving up energy costs? Well, um, you know, we hope to explain that, and that's you know one of these things that's going on that I would hope coming out of these ad campaign people would understand. Now, beyond the BlackRock campaign, Consumers Research has also run campaigns on other companies that have been doing uh, woke capital, as you refer to it, including Coke, Nike, American Airlines. Um, What results came from those campaigns? Are we seeing similar things coming from this one as well? Well, it's interesting. Um, Again, been floored by the amount of feedback we've gotten, positive feedback. I can't go into the de- – I don't know everything that the companies have done since, but I, I'm pretty sure most of them have more or less stayed out of, of issues of politics that are not germane to their business mm-hmm. and that they have no expertise in, which was always our goal. Say, listen, we understand you. you there are issues that you, you – you know, may talk to politicians about related to, you know, sugar taxes or in the case of Coca-Cola or, you know, shoe, shoe rubber or whatever. But you're wading into issues that you don't know anything about. And it's clear that you're only doing this to cozy up to woke politicians for, for favors and for virtue signaling to cover. And we've seen that decrease uh, to a large extent um, with, a, with a lot of these companies. So we're happy to see that. At the same time, sadly, some of what we haven't seen is is them fixing their problems. So you look Mm -hmm. at like uh, an airline like American, um, who was already struggling uh, and was going woke to to cover from that. Uh, Basically, since we've (laughs) launched our campaign, it's been an unending string of bad news for that company, uh, mainly focused on their incompetence and their inability to run an airline. Just over the weekend, they had to cancel thousands of flights. um, And the uh, pilots union representative that spoke on the topic said, you know, basically, uh, they just don't even... they are failing at the most basic aspects of running an airline, which is attach staff and pilots mm. to these flights and, and get them in the air. So, it, you know, it makes you question, you know, are they, you know, is the COO, Doug Seymour, and the CEO, Doug Parker, are they in a room somewhere talking about woke politics when they should be running the airline or, or what? But um, we hope that, that they will uh, either, either them or their board uh, or ultimately the shareholders will take more seriously uh, the management of that company um, and get them focused away from politics and back to uh, the task at hand, which is running an airline. Now, you mentioned that certain businesses maybe aren't responding in the ways that we'd like, but there are certain responses that are coming out at all. Are you saying that maybe it's more the consumers that are responding to these campaigns? Then? Yeah, we've had an overwhelming response from consumers thanking us for speaking up for them. That's one of our missions at Consumers Research is to speak up for the consumer um, in the marketplace and to educate them about issues that are, that are uh, important to their interests. But I don't want to downplay it. I mean, we, we have seen, I think, when, when the campaign launched back in the summer, it seemed like every day some corporation or group of corporations was coming out and speaking on some issue that wasn't germane to their business. Mm-hmm. And that does seem to have decreased, I think, fairly significantly. And so, you know, it's always hard. I'm not in those rooms. Obviously, they're not going to invite me in, in any time soon. <laughs> um, but it does seem to be from the, I should say, tempo and volume of you know, political speech, you know, on these issues coming out of corporate America has decreased since since we launched. I feel like we've scratched the surface on some of the issues that are resulting from companies that are going woke, um, like American Airlines, obviously, right. said that there's quite a bit of problems going on right now. But sort of at a, at a larger level, what are the real dangers in companies like Nike, American Airlines, BlackRock engaging in woke capitalism? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same danger that exists anytime you have um, bad actors who try to use grandstanding and virtue signaling to cover from what what should be the focus, which is fixing fixing their problems. 
Um, I think broadly speaking, you know, we have a, a free market system uh, here in the United States, and that's based on the idea of calling balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. In other words, when uh, instead of, you know, like a, a planned economy, like a state economy, like our uh, friend of me, China. Um, you know, you don't really have much of a say if if you don't like the products. Uh, you know, what what a company's doing, um, not just in the products and the services they're providing, but what they're doing to your community or or doing to your society or that kind of thing. You have to go to some political official and hope that he'll hear you out and then he'll you know issue some diktat. Here in America, the idea is that we have a right as Americans to to not just not buy the goods. I think too much of a focus gets made on that, where oh, it's just all about money. Mm. It's not. You have a right uh, in a democracy to discuss, uh, you know, what, whether you think something's a moral decision or whether mm. you, a company should be shamed for doing something. Um, and I think that's an important aspect that has been not lost, but certainly not been fully represented in the American marketplace, this idea that consumers can come together and say, you know what, we really just can't stand listening to you bloviate mm. uh, from your ivory tower. In the case of Doug Parker, you know, the, here, here's they got a guy uh, whose airline required a multi-billion dollar taxpayer-funded bailout. Mm. The same year, he gets a $10 million plus paycheck mm. uh, in the form of stock options, courtesy of the American taxpayer. And then he's bloviating on politics and waiting on issues you know, he, he doesn't know anything about. And I think that is something that... Um, at a higher level, Americans are kind of waking up and saying, you know what, we're, we're sick of this, and we are going to tell you that we, we don't like the cut of your jib. You should be ashamed of what you're doing. It's not, it's not seemly. Mm. Now, I, w- I want to highlight something you just said is that they're, they're bloviating about politics and morality. Does politics have any place in business at all? I'm curious if it's the problem here is that woke capitalism is the issue or it's just that politics and business should not mix. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, the phenomenon that we saw was that p- politics was being woke politics was being used as a as a distri- you know a shiny object mm-hmm. to shake while you were using forced labor in China or you know subsisting only on government bailouts while you eight figure paychecks go to your CEO Doug Parker um, and so to the, to us that was the focus and a lot of you know times we get interviewed and say well what they kind of want me to like write like a whole list of rules for corporate America. Uh, and it's sort of like I just want them to cut out this fraud. <laughs> like, just stop doing this thing where you, tr- you know, you got really shady stuff. You got skeletons in your closet. You may have actively, you know, uh, uh, you know, have your business model failing in the case of American Airlines, and yet, you know, you won't just deal with the problems. And so, I would say generally, as a, as a rule, consumers ha- should have this expectation. Uh, companies should be focused on on politics as it pertains. To their to their business model is it something that you know they need to talk to a congressman because you know like I said there's a sugar tax issue or tariff or something like that Th- that is in the mission of serving the consumer because they're trying to figure out how do I produce the highest quality good for the lowest price for the most amount of people right mm-hmm. that's every business is trying to basically uh, do that what is very suspicious and in this case I think you know very villainous is when they get into politics not anything to do with serving the consumer only mm-hmm. to serve themselves mm-hmm. at the expense of the consumer. So, you know, if American Airlines is talking about Black Lives Matter, that really has nothing to do with the airline's business. It's right. more, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Most people don't go to get up. Let this way. It is extremely suspicious if they are because mm. most people when they Doug, – Doug Parker loves to brag about the fact that he does not get a salary. He mm. gets a stock option. He gets bonuses based on stock compensation. OK? So at least in theory, his, uh, his compensation is, is uh, uh, performance-based. Doesn't seem to work out that way, but you know, whatever. 
Um, most people, when they're, uh, you know, you don't see most, um, let's take another example of something that's, that's uh, performance-based. Most car dealers, when you go in to buy a car, you say, hey, I'm here to buy a car. They go, well, let me tell you about Black Lives Matter for the next 15 minutes, <laughs> right? Because their paycheck is reliant on the fact of them selling, getting you into the vehicle right, uh, right. on that dealership, right? Yeah. So most people who, who and every company in America is effectively a car dealer, right? Because like right. they don't have somebody like get, well, I guess Doug does. He's got the U.S. taxpayer. But like. Absent a, ba- a government bailout, most companies are, the, are are that car dealer. They have to sell you a good or service that you want in order to stay in business. And so it should be really suspicious when you like walk up to the car dealership, and I mean that metaphorically, right, like you right, walk into right. any business in America, and they suddenly just want to talk to you about something completely unrelated. It makes you question, it's like, well, do you really have faith in your cars? Or they're like, you know, are they breaking down back there and you're trying to like hide something? Yeah. And so I, I think that's that's the the issue is is, is it seems to be a a problem that is recent, and every time you look into it, these companies have a real issue that they're trying. They really don't want to talk about. And in some cases, it's like strangely related to the thing that they're bloviating about. Like you know, BlackRock's got all these you know uh, uh, environmental you know rules they're trying to impose from the top down on American corporations. But then in China, it's just like freewheeling. They're invested in all these like you know. Uh, uh, PetroChina and all these like crazy polluting companies. It seems they're covering for that very specific thing. So right, they have right. something that can hold up. And be like, oh, look how good we are. Interesting. I want to go back to consumers research as an organization. Um, as we mentioned at the top, you guys highlight issues that affect consumers and then offer them sort of like guidance on, on how to consume better. Um, how do you guys do that? Like, what's the work that you guys do to educate the consumer? That's a great question. Well, historically, uh, the the organization was founded in 1929. We're the oldest consumer protection organization. Um, I wasn't there, obviously, which is <laughs> probably for the best because then I wouldn't be here. Um, uh, and it started out as pretty much your first product testing organization. They had a we had a lab of about 500 people in Washington, New Jersey, put out the Consumers Bulletin, which is now a website by the way, consumersbulletin.org. Um, and it existed because there really was no product testing in America. The, the uh, founder, uh, Frederick Schlink, had written a book called 100 Million Guinea Pigs, which was a reference to the population of the United States at that time. Mm. It's basically saying, you know, companies were just putting out products and we'll see what happens, right? Right. Um, and that continued for a good portion of the life of the organization. However, uh, luckily, the market actually provided uh, new products and services like Yelp and Google reviews, and you don't really need that as much anymore. Um, even you know websites like Lifehacker and Wirecutter are like having trouble because it's like there's just so much aggregated, crowdsourced uh, reviews of things. Um, and so we moved into a space of trying to go from kind of a shotgun blast approach to more of a rifle shot, where we would look for real issues that consumers, you know, kind of were missing that aren't going to show up in a, in a Google review for American Airlines or uh, certainly not for BlackRock, right, um, and try to educate them on an issue that maybe isn't right at the surface level, but is affecting their experiences as consumers. And so that's we've kind of shifted focus over time as sort of the product testing is, has been taken over by the, the sort of crowdsourcing internet age. Now, you've mentioned quite a few, I guess your campaigns target quite a few different businesses. Coke, obviously, a, a, a drink company and, and food, Nike, sports apparel, American Airlines, a, a plane, and then BlackRock, right? We right. got all this stuff. How do you guys determine which issues you direct your consumers to sort of look at? It's a great question. Well, it, it really just uh, depends on what we see as the sort of greatest factor going going into this. So, like for American Airlines and Coca Cola and uh, and and Nike, they were all companies that had massive hypocrisy at the same time that they were bloviating on like subject after subject, and and so it looked seemed like something where people needed to understand. We're sort of introducing the consumer 
to this trick that uh, these shysters were pulling. Mm. It's sort of like walking, you're walking down the street in New York or Chicago, or whatever, and you see someone doing like a three card Monty scam on somebody mm. like that. You know, there's a crowd of people gathering, they're you know moving the 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 cards around or whatever, and and you walk up. And you just explain, like, actually, the card's in his, in his – he's moved it. You're never going to – none of the three is the card that you're looking for. You're never going to win. Well, you've effectively beaten him. You don't have to arrest the guy at that point because you don't have the power to, uh, we'll, we'll say. Um, but you've destroyed his scam because you've explained the trick. Mm. And so initially for the consumer's first initiative, we just wanted to explain the trick to consumers that what's going on here is when you see them take this weird stance on something that's not related to their uh, uh, business model. And I will, I will note – I know I keep hammering on American Airlines because it's such a great example of this. It was so oddly ironic that they would take a position at the time. They, they, were, they were really getting involved in some election integrity legislation that was going through Texas. Mm. And one of the big things they hit upon was that you had – they, they were, had problems with – you needed – we're going to need a, an ID right. to vote. What's really weird about that is you need an ID to use their product. So, like, not only are they out here getting involved in something that's not germane to them and, and they have no expertise in it, they're, like, sort of, like, taking a position that's, like, in direct, you know, contradiction to their own business model. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to explain, like, well, to, to, to consumers that were mystified by this, well, here's what's really going on, okay? And then with BlackRock, um, you, you we wanted to show, to stretch the three-card Monty metaphor way sure. farther than I should, <laughs> uh, that the three-card Monty operator has a boss. Oh. <laughs> and and you may not know who he is, but he's the guy putting all these guys out there. And he's the one, he's the one uh, you know, pushing them to do this. And BlackRock plays a significant role in pushing American corporations away from their main focus, which should be uh, producing value to consumers in order to return value to their shareholders. And they've instead hijacked the management class and provided all these perverse incentives for them to serve their own interests, to uh, either to be punished or, or, or rewarded for sort of engaging in, in woke politics and cozying up to woke politicians. So we're trying to explain the, the street-level trick and then explain the sort of like – and the boss guy, where, where he's at and what he's doing. So let's say you're given the opportunity to maybe sit down with the CEO of American Airlines or BlackRock and you are going to explain to them what consumers research is trying to do. What do you say to them? What I would say we're trying to get them to do is is just to cut it out and just focus on flying a good airline. I mean, I, I used to be a, 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 a very – American Airlines used to be my airline. I always flew. And I just watched it, the quality go down and down and down. And then you look into a little bit of like what Doug Parker has been doing during the management cycle. Um, I think in 2016, there's a good Forbes letter on this uh, uh, that talked about in 2016, I think the, the company started off with like $5.5 billion in, in cash like just sitting in the bank. And by the time the pandemic had rolled around, they had spent $5 billion of the cash and then borrowed more, I don't remember the exact amount, to do stock buybacks, which remember I noted that the Doug Parker's compensation is exclusively based on stock compensation, right? Which he claims keeps him honest about his, his performance because mm-hmm. so, oh, I don't get just paid for sitting in the seat. I have to, I have to produce value. Well, what he's done over his tenure is effectively just use stock buybacks to, to goose the price. And then when the pandemic rolled around, there was no money in the bank. It's sort of like spending all your rainy day fund, and you had to run to the, the, the U.S. government for a bailout. I bring this up because what I'd say is, you know, you spend all that money putting, you know, stock options in your pocket. You either could have returned more value to shareholders, or my preference is you could have invested in 
newer planes, more legroom, uh, you know, giving your your workers a wage so that they're happier on the job and and more training so that they, uh, you know, they can handle issues better. I mean, you could have, I mean, five billion dollars, right, could have gone into improving that airline. Instead, it's sort of like they stripped it for parts and then sold it so that they could goose his compensation. And then and then they pretended as if COVID was the, the entirety of, of why they needed a bailout. And that just isn't true. They wouldn't have needed one had they had they been saving that money instead of spending it. So what I say, I mean, obviously, it's a long way of saying a very simple message is just like, get back to serving your cons- consumers and stop cozying up to woke politicians. Um, because we're gonna we're we're done playing that game. We're gonna name and shame you when you do that. So as we wrap up here, if our listeners would like to learn more about your campaign against BlackRock or American Airlines or Nike or Coke, um, where should they go? Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shill exclusively here for for our our website on BlackRock. People can visit BlackRock Loves China and find out all the dirty details that CEO Larry Fink doesn't want you to know about. Um, and uh, we we hope you'll uh, come watch the ad there. Very good. That was Will Hild, Executive Director of Consumers Research, an educational organization seeking to highlight issues concerning to consumers. Will, very much appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to The Daily Signal Podcast. You can find The Daily Signal Podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and please encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Virginia Allen and Kate Trinko. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, please visit DailySignal.com.